0: From the Evening Standard in London. This is the leader. And standard. Get your and standard. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The election campaigns have barely started and already the Tories are in trouble. Normally,
1: these things are gift wrapped like a sort of box of chocolates. Today, sheer carnage from Dawn. Also,
2: Yeah, as sure as the Christmas stores coming out in the summer and people getting angry about that, comes Marks and Spencers struggling before we've even got to Christmas.
0: This is not just a crisis. M&S profits plunge again. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, we speak to our political editor, Joe Murphy, about the troubles at Tory HQ.
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
5: Wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: This was the PM leaving Downing Street to meet the Queen, rejecting photographers' requests for a wave. (laughs) Barely 10 minutes later, he was at Buckingham Palace to mark the dissolution of Parliament. And after a chat with the Queen, it was back to Downing Street to tell the country the election has begun. Come with us, a government that believes Britain
1: should stand tall in the world. Or go with Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party, who sided with Putin when Russia ordered poisonings
0: on the streets of Salisbury. But as our editorial column explains, it's a bad start for Boris Johnson.
3: On paper, this is an election the Conservatives should walk. They chose the timing and the terms. So why the nerves in Tory circles? First, they've lost the opening salvos of the campaign. It's hard to think of a worse start to a campaign from a government expecting to be re-elected. We've had Jacob Rees-Mogg claim on LBC he has more common sense than the Grenfell victims.
1: If either of us were in a fire, whatever the fire brigade said, we would leave the burning building. It just seems the common sense thing to do.
3: Meanwhile, there have been two resignations, including the Welsh secretary... And the candidate in the Gower says those on Benefit Street need putting down. Of course, rows about candidates and stupid remarks from over-promoted cabinet ministers are par for the course in any election. It's the missteps from Tory HQ that are more alarming. Confecting a doctored video of Labour's Keir Starmer would be amateurish enough. Good why would Friday the EU agreement. give
0: you why would the EU give you a good deal if they know that you're going to actively campaign against it?
3: were it not compounded by the mistake of getting into a Twitter war with Piers Morgan about it, and then allowing the party chairman to be so mauled on this morning's media round that he abandoned his final interview with Sky News, only to find that the redoubtable Kay Burley conducted the interview with an empty chair. Ooh, I'm fuming. I can't even begin to tell you how cross I am. You're watching Kay Burley at breakfast. I've got an empty chair here. It was supposed to be filmed, uh, filled I should say, by the chairman of the Conservative Party. Where is he? He's probably 15 feet away from where I'm standing. Here's a simple fact about this election. If Boris Johnson loses any seats overall, he will cease to be Prime Minister. If Jeremy Corbyn loses seats, he could still easily end up in Downing Street.
0: I'll the guy to Joe Murphy's in the Westminster office. Joe, our editorial's offering some advice to Boris Johnson today, but I suspect he's probably had some strong words for Conservative HQ itself after a launch like this.
1: I can never remember an election launch like it. Normally these things are gift wrapped like a sort of box of chocolates. The Prime Minister clears his diary, nothing happens until the big moment when he or she walks out and makes the announcement and travels to the Queen in a dignified procession to the campaign trail afterwards. Today, Sheer carnage from dawn. We, we, we. You'll see this story in the later edition. Um, uh, Kay Burley marched into another broadcaster studio to demand to James uh, Cleverly, "Why aren't you on my program? Um Because she thought he was avoiding her. It's been quite a.
0: We were only talking not that long ago on this podcast, Joe, about the size of the Conservative lead. I think we had 17 points between the Conservatives and Labour. They really are at risk of throwing this away, aren't they?
1: Well, of course, that 17-point lead was a bit of a poisoned chalice for the Tories because there's only one way to go when you start the campaign with a humongously big lead like that. Uh, What you want to do is start with a modest lead and build it during the campaign. Um, So that was quite a a two-edged sword for them. The the election that I keep thinking about is, is... edward heath in 1974 when he went to the country saying who governs Um, the parallel of course is that boris johnson said today i don't want an election but i have to have one because parliament won't let me get my brexit deal through and he said i'm chewing my tie in frustration well the problem with that strategy is you have to keep the focus on one question, the dividing line you choose. The dividing line that Heath chose was, is it me or the trade unions who run the economy of the country? The dividing line that Boris wants us to focus on, is it, is it, is it the people's referendum or is it the parliament who should decide on the Brexit question? Well, there's a, the, 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 the thing that should be haunting Boris is that Heath went out to the country, but over the course of a six week campaign, People stopped talking about, ooh, should we, should we, should we back Mr. Heath against the unions, and they started talking about Mr. Wilson's campaign based on uh, pay, based on working conditions, based on ordinary kitchen table issues. Now the question is, can Boris keep the focus on his Brexit question, and as our leader said, on his question of whether he or Mr. Corbyn is the right person to run the economy. Or is he going to veer off into all these sidetracks? Well, if launch day goes out of the window, what chance is there of keeping it on track for five more weeks?
0: Do you think they're nervous in out of HQ today?
1: Uh, I'm absolutely certain some of them are nervous. However, they are confident that they have um, a prime minister who, when you ask who do you want to be prime minister... Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn that most voters will come to the same answer which is that they want Boris rather than the other man um, but they're not not—they're not um, at all confident that they'll always get that message over a um, couple of good news things for them, They've, uh, they're, they're, we've got a poll today, an Ipsos Mori poll which shows that Sajid Javid easily outscores John McDonnell when you ask people who do you want to be Chancellor of the Exchequer and run the economy and set your taxes Um, And there's been trouble for other parties. Um, My colleague Sophia Slay has done an investigation today into fake news in some of the leaflets being put out by Liberal Democrats around the the capital. And uh, we've also got uh, news that there are 80,000 more people joined the electoral register overnight after we did a front page yesterday saying, come on, sign up to vote, don't miss out.
2: Next, there's lots to do, and the priority is to get our clothing business back into growth.
0: It's been three years since M&S boss Steve Rowe said he wanted to turn around their clothing business. It hasn't happened. Fashion sales have plunged, and some think time is running out for the CEO.
5: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
4: That's stamps.com. Code program.
0: There's an old theory that the fortunes of those two bastions of Middle England, Marx and Spencer and the Tory party, are closely tied. When Margaret Thatcher was riding high, so was her favourite store, which opened specially to clothed delegates after the Brighton bomb, and which famously provided the Iron Lady with her underwear. In the 1990s, with both under new management, the retailer wilted in the face of new high-street challenges, and so too did the Tories. A decade later, the two enjoyed a renaissance. Now, just as the Tories launched their election campaign, m and results show their profits plunging by 17%. Our business news editor
2: Alex Lawson's here. Alex, m and seems to be in trouble an awful lot.
0: What's happened to it
2: now? Yeah, as sure as the Christmas stores coming out in the summer and people getting angry about that, comes Marks and Spencers struggling before we've even got to Christmas. Today, they've seen profits crash. They've reported that to the city. They're also cutting the dividend, uh, which won't please investors. Uh, Short story is that the clothing isn't doing very well, but the food part of the business is.
0: What's gone wrong with the clothing side?
2: Uh, Well, there's a lot of different factors here, Uh, some of them to do with M&S's own goals and some of them to do with the wider high street. First of all, on the high street, we know that uh, sort of budget chains like uh, Primark have been doing well as have the likes of ASOS and Boohoo Online. So squeezing those traditional names on the high street, the ones that we've all grown up with, uh, Marks & Spencer's next, and of course we've seen BHS and House of Fraser struggle. In terms of M&S themselves, um, this is a business which can sometimes seem like a bit of a bureaucracy. It's one of the biggest names in corporate business, but with that comes thousands of staff and the inability to move at pace, which the online competitors that they have, haven't been able to do. How serious is this trouble for MS? Well it does seem like they're in a perennial state of uh, crisis. They've had uh, Steve Rowe uh, the boss has been in place since 2016. He was uh, an MS lifer who worked his way up from the shop floor, earned the position. Uh, but then Archie Norman has come in as the chairman. Now he is best known for turning around Asda quite famously in the late 90s. Seen as a bit of a pugnacious figure in the city and doesn't suffer fools. We saw uh, Earlier this year, Jill McDonald, the fashion boss, left shortly after Jeansgate. Uh, this was an issue where Holly Willoughby, who was one of the people who promoted uh, m and promoted a denim range that then people couldn't uh, get because the buyers hadn't brought in enough stock. So clearly, when, you, when issues like that, issues of availability, the nuts and bolts of retailing, are being seen by the customer, that's never a good sign. It should be the sort of thing that M&S, which have been around you know
0: forever, mm. should
2: have got right by now. You, you would have thought. And also there's that question of what do you go to M&S for? Uh, people associate it with basics, you know, pants, socks. It's the biggest bra seller in the UK, for example. Um, but beyond that, it, I think there's an acknowledgement there from the company that they need to be a bit more fashionable, a bit more modern. Uh, they've said that they've relaunched their Pair Uno range, for example. But will that be enough? From the city perspective, there is a suggestion that they could split out the fashion and food businesses. So you've got one, the food business, which is doing a joint venture with Ocado later this year, uh, which could accelerate that growth. And then the fashion business, which you then potentially are able to close some stores, move it online and make that more profitable. That might be the way to go forward.
0: And that's the leader. Keep up with all the election developments and everything else that's going on with our audio bulletins for smart speakers, available at 7am every morning. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back with commentary and analysis and for tomorrow.